This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, I think we're live. What's up, guys? Come on in. Let me pull up your chat here. We're on YouTube Live. Just some quick housekeeping. As you guys know, this show is supported a little bit by ads, but a lot bit by you. So people who support the show, especially on platforms like Locals, YouTube, Facebook, I prefer Locals because they actually let you keep more of the revenue as a creator. You have your own community there. You can never be canceled. It's creator-driven rather than Zuckerberg or Googleplex-driven. Um, so I kind of like that. So it's just zdogmd.locals.com if you want to join our supporter tribe for more discussions. And then you can support the show with a single donation at paypal.me forward slash zdogmd, and that gets you a personal email response from me that sometimes will end up in your spam box, so definitely check that. All right, guys, welcome, everyone. I wanna tell you some things that have been on my mind. Um, Twitter is a cesspool. Can I just say that? I'm just gonna say that because I feel it in my heart. Um, and I'll tell you why I say this, and it's not true for everyone, but it's definitely true for me. This required a lot of introspection on my part and realizing where my strengths and weaknesses are. I have many weaknesses. I'm mostly weaknesses. If you just listen to the self-talk in my own head, it's all weaknesses, all right? So when I go to Twitter, what I see is those weaknesses um, exponentialized. And this is why. Twitter is a platform that thrives on very short bursts of unnuanced statement. I was gonna say conversation, but they're not conversations, they're statements. They're saying, wham, right? Occasionally you can interact with other people in the short form kind of thing, but in general it's, you're out there making a statement and the more outrageous or the more provocative or the more divisive or the more um, limbically hijacking the statements are. In other words, does it, prey on our worse angels rather than our better? Does it race to the bottom of our brainstem to our primitive reptilian brain that, that believes in in-group, out-group, tribalism, division, fighting, that kind of thing? If you can create a tweet that looks like that, you're gonna do very well and you'll actually generate a tribe around you with a lot of followers and you'll put your identifiers, in other words, what are the badges of your particular tribe, you'll put them in your description on Twitter. So whether it's a whole bunch of pronouns, that's one particular tribe, whether it's you know hashtag BLM, that's another particular tribe, whether it's making fun of that stuff, that's another particular tribe, whether it's, um, you know, whatever your sort of badge is, you'll put it in your thing. And that's part of the tribalization of Twitter. So for years, since 2009, I've been on Twitter. I started an account and I've, I've used it to try to share my videos, share ideas that I have, whatever it is. And also in a less uh, aggressive way, get inbound information. I found very quickly that I wasn't able to understand how to use Twitter to get inbound information without getting lost, without really falling into tribalism and, and echo chambers and that kind of thing. So I kind of stopped doing that. So it wasn't really much inbound. But what I did find is anytime, anytime I went on Twitter, um, almost, it would generate a kind of a feeling in me like 
I don't know how to describe it. It's an it's a emotion tone. It's a kind of a like it feels like driving with the brakes on, like this kind of friction and resistance and un, it, it's unpleasant. And I couldn't quite figure it out. And every time something would happen where I put out a tweet and it would generate like a ton of response, like where literally it's like a middle school locker room, like especially with doctors and professionals and PhDs who are all to a large extent a little bit regressed. Like we never really quite grew up right, but we sacrificed a lot of our youth. So many of us, and I put myself in this category, are rather emotionally immature. And here's a venue where you're rewarded for emotional immaturity. You're rewarded for having a personality disorder. You're rewarded for being a narcissist or aggressive or having the sense of like almost a borderline personality disorder. Um, you're rewarded with followers, with likes, with adoration, with dopamine, right? Little hits of dopamine. Now, something about that place always made me deeply unhappy. I rarely ever got joy from Twitter. I would get joy from even YouTube. Like I can put a video out on YouTube where 60% of the thumbs are thumbs down and people are just hating in the comments. And it, it, like, it makes me giggle. Like I'm like, oh, that's just YouTube just being silly. For some reason on Twitter, there's something about Twitter, the lack of nuance, the lack of ability to express yourself in video form easily like I do on YouTube, the general divisive nature of it and the fact that you kind of, you know, generally these are smart people. Like if you look at their credentials, you're like, oh, that's a PhD. Oh, that's the head of some organization. That's a this or that. It's, it's not like on YouTube where it's just like some blah, right? These are like people that are out in the world as professionals behaving like total ass clowns. And it's, it's it, to say that it's depressing is a little tough. It's, there's an emotional tone about it that I always found fatiguing, tiring, depressing, and it would invade my thought space, right? And the problem with that is as I get a little more down the path of um, you know, meditation and watching my own mind and trying to unrepress emotion, trying to feel raw emotion, feeling what's happening in the body, feeling what's happening in the present moment, I see increasingly that Twitter is like, it's like a parasitic virus that invades that space and pulls you into thought and into a feeling of very similar to what repressed emotion feels like. Like repressed shame, repressed anger, repressed sadness, repressed sorrow, whatever it is, it feels like that on Twitter to me. Now, again, I'm giving you my experience with Twitter. I'm very sympathetic to the folks who've done the, you know, uh, uh, documentaries of the social dilemma and things like that, that these are, hijacking our, our lower angels of our nature and are really weaponizing them. Now, so now what you have is you have Twitter, a space with a ton, and we're gonna talk about Putin, a ton of Russian bots, <laughs> like a ton of state actors of disinformation. You have a ton of standard people who are weaponized into tribes and are rewarded by this kind of Twitter algorithm of short form stuff without nuance. And then you throw somebody like me in there. So I really, it's painful that actually I'm able to see most sides of a topic. It's painful because if you go on Twitter and you see most sides, you're able to see, inhabit actually the space of different positions on something. But then you have to communicate in Twitter form and you have to watch the results of it. It's fucking paralyzing. 
Like it's so painful. Like being alt middle on Twitter is a horror show. It's awful. So, and I'll tell you, and I'm not good enough to do it. Like I'm just not strong enough to do it emotionally. I can't do it because every time I try, and it's usually something that I'm passionate about. Like for example, I came back from a few days traveling with the family, doing some work-related stuff, et cetera. I come back and we're going to go to, we have tickets that someone, a friend bought us for the California Academy of Sciences. It's 125 bucks for the four of us, two kids, a 10-year-old, a 14-year-old, and me and my wife. Um, in Golden Gate Park, it's this you know ancient sort of place. They've done it up really nice. It's all about science and crazy cool stuff, right? So I'm all down with that. I think it's great, right? So we're coming back and we're like, well, we have another day that's off. The kids are off. Let's go get our science on in the city. And so this is how Twitter just ruins everything. All right. So this is what went down. We go to the website and we go, okay, so what do we need to do to go there? Do we need to make reservations? We have the tickets, but can we just show up? And it says on their website, quite clearly in our browser, if anyone 12 and up needs to be fully vaccinated and boosted, all caps there, and boosted, right? In order to come in. And then it gives you some more information. And then it has a link that says FAQs on our vaccination policy. So my wife sees that, I look at it, I'm like, what? So my 14-year-old daughter, who's fully vaccinated, right? But not boosted because she's young, she's healthy. I don't see the reason to boost her. Omicron is already coming down. She's low risk. People, two FDA officials resigned over mandating or approving boosters for young people. So it's not like the science on this is settled, right? Look, look how angry I'm getting even now. <sighs> forget, forget that, let that go. So, but by the way, that anger is the anger that many Americans feel when they're mandated to do something that doesn't feel scientifically correct. And, you, and when, when, asked, when you ask for data to show it, they give you some garbage junk data. And you're like, but you better, if you're gonna mandate something and make it a policy, you better have ironclad data. The, the, the impetus of proof is on you, right? So we see this and we're, I'm immediately kind of like, wait, what? Like emotional response, limbic system fires up. I'm like, we do all the right things. Both my kids are vaccinated with the primary series. Both parents are vaccinated and boosted, right? Uh, there's a mask mandate at this museum. Other museums and institutions in San Francisco do not require this, right? So this is specific to this place. There may be others that do, but others don't, right? The Oakland Zoo does not require this, right? So we've done all the right things and then it's clear on the website that we're not welcome. Our kid is not welcome unless they go and get another shot. Now, it turns out if I would have clicked through to the vaccine uh, policies and FAQs on that version of the website that I accessed on the day that I accessed it, right? It would have said, well, okay, if you don't think you're eligible for a booster or there's some other extenuating circumstance, you can test, get a COVID test prior to coming to the museum and that will suffice, right? So there it is in the like fine print clicking through at the bottom there, right? And I took screenshots of all this, by the way. So I have what their website looked like. So 
that's the situation, right? So either you have to, you have to test or you have to um, be boosted. Now, testing is one thing, but it's still putting up a barrier. Now, I, of course, didn't, didn't see this when, we, when I wrote my tweet. So what I did was I said, well, okay, Twitter, here's a, here's a good use for Twitter. I'm gonna express my dissatisfaction with this policy as a children's museum of science. They ought to actually be using science, right? In my opinion, I didn't think they were. So I wrote, hey, was gonna go get our science on with the kids at Cal Academy. I tagged them so they could respond, right? Um, but then I found out they require a booster for kids. And by the way, 12-year-olds are kids, right? Because later I was criticized, oh, these aren't kids. They're kids. A 12-year-old is a child, people. They're a minor. So because, they, because this, I go, thank you, but we'll get our science the old-fashioned way by blowing shit up in our backyard, right? So a little humor, a point about requiring boosters for kids, which I disagree with, to enter a museum that's about science. That was my tweet, okay. Put it up and we're getting ready to go to the city to go to uh, the Sutro baths and the beach instead, which was amazing. We got outdoors, people weren't wearing masks. People who take a shit on San Francisco, by the way, and they say, oh, it's crazy and you gotta leave and all of this and that. I don't live in the city because it is crazy, but no, I don't live in the city, but if you go there, the people of San Francisco are marvelous. They're out enjoying their city. It's a it's one of the most beautiful cities on the planet. So people who are like, well, vote with your feet, leave the state and all that. Yeah, no, I don't think so, right? It's a gorgeous city. I did leave, I went to Vegas for eight years. Vegas was great too, right? I loved how open it was, how purple it was, how alt middle it was. Came back here, you know, a little politically monolithic, but still beautiful. So. That being said, we go have a great day. I open up Twitter while I'm on the beach just because I'm curious how this tweet did and it's gone viral, right? Thousands of likes, a bunch of shares, a bunch of retweets, a bunch of quote tweets. And then I make the mistake of scrolling down and seeing what the comments are. And I'm like, oh my God. So I'm getting labeled an anti-vaxxer, right? People are saying I'm bullying a children's museum, which by the way, the California Academy of Sciences that's been around for over a hundred years has over 200,000 Twitter followers. I have 100,000. So I'm, I'm pretty sure the cyber bullying gradient might not go that way, right? But you see what's happening is the middle school stuff is happening, right? And my tweet was reasonably open so people could discuss, but they don't. They tribalized instantly. Anti-vaxxers took it and were like, oh, see, they shouldn't even require vaccines. This, you guys are communists and you should leave California. And then, the loony pro-vaxxers who are just as tribal and just as insane as the anti-vaxxers, yeah, and they know it's true because they feel it, um, are saying, look at this guy. I used to really love Z-Dog. I share all his stuff, but now he's a total anti-vaxxer. And I'm just looking at this going, this is what I get for trusting people to be bigger than a platform that is designed to hack them into evil, moronic robots. Like, I thought I could do it. I thought I could detach, leave a tweet, walk away, be okay, right? Like, I thought I was bigger than that. Oh, I meditate up to five hours a day sometimes. Like, I've done all this work on myself. Like, I'm absolutely able to deal with a little Twitter. Wrong. The tech, that technology, that human psychology, that egoic delusion will humble you every time time. 
never underestimate our own psychology, our own egoic delusion, our own trapped nature of being trapped in the house of mirror of thought, of what we think other people think of us, of the perceived separation with others, of the perceived division. Yeah? The minute you experience everything as all love, as one thing, you realize you're disabused of all that illusion, right? But unfortunately, the ego and that sense of separation is, it's thousands, millions of years of conditioning. It's the software that, that human hardware runs on, right? And it's all running in consciousness, which is free of all that. But the problem is until we recognize this software, right? It, we can be hacked. Twitter hacks our brainstem. It turns good people into awful people, behavior-wise, right? And I looked at this and I saw what had happened and I felt ashamed. I was like, oh my God. Like here I am trying to just make a point and it's clear, I can see. I can see all sides of it. I'm like, oh my God. I, these guys do think I'm bullying a, 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 a museum, a children's museum. The children's museum then actually tweets and says, uh, sorry, this tweet is incorrect. We, can, we allow you to test out. So we're not mandating boosters and these aren't kids. These are 12 and up and so on. And I'm like, okay, okay, this is obviously a nuanced discussion. Then I went and looked at the website and I'm like, no, actually the website I saw was the website I saw. Maybe it was cached in my browser or something, but that's the message I got. So that's the message they're communicating is that you're not welcome here unless you get a booster and even requiring testing. So, so that's the nuance. You can, have that, you can have that discussion, right? You can have that discussion. So I replied to them and said, you know, that's great. Here's what your website looked like to me and here's what it looks like now because I have the Wayback Machine. I can see what it looked like before. And then people were like, oh, you're trying to shame them and say they're lying about their website? And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm trying to have a fucking conversation like human beings. I told them, I said, listen, I get it. And they wrote back and said, no, we're actually even offering free testing now, like it's mobile. And I said, okay, great. So I replied and said, let's have a conversation. Come on, the, come on my show, tell me where I'm right and wrong about this. Let's talk about it, right? Then I start seeing, and they, I, don't, I didn't see a response from them. The next thing I see is this, the place is going crazy because like, you know, the, the, you know, science, follow the science gang, right? We know who they are. Uh, that's that particular tribe is going nuts on me. They're just going nuts. They're like, oh, he's bullying this museum. And I'm like, bullying a museum? Can you even do that? And, uh, and at that point, something in me clicked. I was like, wait, here I am trying to talk to you guys live now in the present moment, about the present moment, about overcoming our programming, about not falling prey to ego and software, about not falling prey to fear and mass media and collective delusion, hive minds, recognizing them, trying to form a corpus callosum between the left and the right hemispheres, right, of our, of our discourse the alt middle, all these things. Here I am talking about this and behaving in a way that I'm completely hijacked. It's fucking shameful. It felt like shame, like you feel it right here. Like, oh my God, I'm so ashamed of myself, you know? And, and even my family was like, what's wrong with you? Like, cause we, we were going to whatever, dinner or whatever. And I was just down, I was just in my head and they can feel it energetically. It's an energetic thing. My wife is very sensitive to this, by the way. She's like a, she has a superpower with this. She can feel other people's energy. And by the way, she would never even admit to this because she doesn't, she's a super rational scientist, right? But she feels, she's empathic, she feels it. She's like, are you okay? Like, what's wrong with you? 
And I, outwardly, you wouldn't have told, but I was just fucking involuted, right? And, I, and, I, and it clicked. I was like, this is because I think I'm smarter than millions of years of evolution. I think I can somehow override a technology that is designed to fuck with us. Like that may, it has its business model based on turning us into complete assholes, into middle school children that don't know better, but we do know better, but it doesn't matter because it's plugged right into here. That's Twitter. It's Facebook too, honestly. And I was deeply ashamed. I was like, you know, this is not me. This is not who I wanna be. And I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. I have flirted with the idea of deleting Twitter many times. I've even pulled the trigger a few times. And I've always felt, the minute I did it, I felt this upwelling of like, dude, no, if you do that, you know, these crazy people win. You're gonna, you know, you have 100,000 <clears> Twitter followers. You're not gonna be able to influence them. You're not gonna be able to connect with them. You're not gonna be able to share your, your uh, uh, important videos in your mind about things like presence and meditation and stuff like that. It's all gonna be gone because you can't handle the heat in Twitter, right? And it finally clicked. I'm like, no, I can't handle the heat in Twitter. It's not in the nature of my software, right? Until I fully transcend that software, which by the way, that's a challenge. And even then, what will I do with Twitter? Am I even complicit by being there in fomenting this kind of place, even drawing eyes to that cesspool? Is it a good idea for me? And the answer is no. <laughs> and so click, it got deleted. And boy, did I feel it. It was like an addict who feels the, the pull of the smack that you just thought you gave up, you know? I found myself going back onto the web, clicking into Twitter, because I don't have an account, so I, have to, I can only watch, and seeing what people are saying. Like, oh, is, is, is anybody talking about the fact that I left? That's delusion, people. That's egoic delusion, that's addiction, that's sickness. And that was me. And now, 24 hours out from it, I feel so much better, so much freer, so much more authentically me, not the hijacked Russian bot that I'd become. So the punchline of this is, if we wonder why we're so divided, if we wonder why we can't persuade people outside of our own tribe, if we wonder why we're so unhappy, I think sometimes it's not that hard to figure out. It's, it's, it does require some introspection. It does require feeling some actual emotion in your body and seeing what, it's, what, it's, what it is, right? There's a difference between feeling a raw emotion and feeling repressed emotion. Repressed emotion, it does, it feels like you're driving with the brakes on. It feels like this friction, like something's off and it lasts a long time. Feeling a raw emotion, it passes through your body, like anger, like I feel anger. During this talk, I feel anger. I feel frustration, but I feel it raw. I'm not resisting it, right? That's very different. Twitter in particular, for me, it may be different for you, just, really triggers the worst aspects. Every time I found myself in a shit show of unhappiness, it's always been Twitter, always. So that's it for Twitter. So 100,000 followers on Twitter, if you really care about what we care about, come join us on YouTube, Facebook, Locals, right? Off that grid, because I'm just not gonna be there. Now, 
if at some point in the future, I somehow <laughs> am able to pull that off without losing my mind and feel like it's gonna do net good in the world, ah, who knows, maybe Twitter will change. I don't know, but for now I'm out. So that was, um, that was that. And I, you know, I didn't even wanna talk about it, but I know, I know, I know how it is. When you delete your account on Twitter, and I wanted you guys to see my process because I hope it helps some people who are equally exacerbated, ex exasperated by it. Like I have old medical school friends like Facebook messaging me all fucking furious about something Marty McCary said on, on Twitter or something Vinay Prasad said on Twitter or how angry they are that Monica Gandhi said something on Twitter. And I'm like, listen to yourself. You're as sick as I am. This is a disease. The cure is turn it off. Go back to living your life. Go back to being present. Go back to intuiting that we're all deeply connected, right? That's really all it is. Um, it's, it's a sickness. So part of what I wanna do, right, apart from talking much less about COVID, is talk more about how we can be less sick. And I think I'm gonna share my own journey with you, like how I'm working on it. And you can see I have my ups and my downs. You know, there are moments in the day when I feel as blissfully connected to everything that is in the present moment as any time in my entire life it can happen. And then five minutes later, you know, you're back in egoic delusion in the house of mirrors of thought and you see the contrast and it's that much more painful, but at least you see it, at least you see it, which means you can start to continue to go, oh, what is this? What is this curiosity? What is happening in my own mind? that's making me behave in these very, very counterproductive ways. Now that brings me to this fucker Putin. So look, I never gave a two rats asses about Vladimir Putin uh, prior to the last couple of weeks. I'll be honest, like, you know, yeah, he's been around. I remember Yeltsin, Yeltsin was a drunk. I remember the fall of the Soviet Union. It was the biggest deal in, in my life up till that point, it was huge saw it all crumble and back into autocracy and just thought, you know what? That part of the world has hundreds of years of momentum in terms of autocracy from the czars before the czars. Um, and that's just gonna take a long time to unwind, right? Now you have a guy, Putin, who is an example of psychological dysfunction projecting into the world. The fact that if we don't work on ourselves, we are a manifestation. The world is a manifestation of our inner state. It really is. And Putin is a great example. Here's a guy who's increasingly apparently diseased, stuck in the past, egoically deluded, projecting his own conditioning onto a sovereign, democratically governed country. In 2022, He's putting tanks into a sovereign, democratically elected government's country. Women, children, the innocent are being killed. Civilian targets are being attacked. And of course, the West has been complicit for years with this clown fucker, thinking, oh, a stable uh, dictator there is probably better than what else the options are, right? And so complicit, complicit, complicit. And then we're surprised when something like this happens. 
when the guy is clearly, and there was a beautiful article, I forget where it was in The Guardian or something by a um, Russian author and dissident. And he basically said, listen, to sit at the top, this was fascinating to me, to sit at the top of Russian power is analogous to holding the Sauron's one ring in your hand. Here was a power structure, a pyramid that you're sitting on top of that was constructed over the centuries through cruelty, power, just crush everybody and run the thing, right? And just pure evil. Hundreds, tens of millions of lives lost under Stalin, et cetera, and the czars and, and so on. And it never was destroyed, just like the one ring. It was never destroyed. It was only weakened or destabilized for a minute until it was picked up by someone else. So when the Soviets fell, that person that sits on top of that pyramid of power, that filthy, evil, poisonous ring, right, that sits on top is inevitably corrupted by it. Yeltsin goes to war in Chechnya, becomes you know, a laughing stock of everything, hands it off to Putin. Putin who starts with all this energy, look at what's happened, right? He's got a oligarchy of thugs running the country using a medieval uh, power structure. And that's what that pyramid, that unconscious collective pain body of Russian history has generated, right? And now here he is on the top of it and you don't think he's gonna be absolutely destroyed by it. And, and the point that this guy made in the piece was Frodo, who was good, you know? Spoiler alert, by the way, if you, if you don't know Lord of the Rings, in Mount Doom, when it's his time to throw this ring into the fire, you know, won't do it. He claims it as his own. And it took an act of someone outside to save him. So what will be the act for Putin? You know, if you aren't affected by seeing tanks marching on a European country, a modern European country in 2022, with shells, artillery, tanks, air, and infantry in 20 fucking 22, if you're not looking at that as a medieval throwback to an insane era that we've since transcended, all right? And if that doesn't upset you, then I, I would argue that you need to look harder. I Rarely does the news actually affect me uh, directly and emotionally because I actually don't watch the news. I, I try to in, imbibe it from a series of different sources. But with this, something has clicked in me where I'm like, now, this is where you start to feel the collective hive mind of the entire civilized world going, wait, no. And that's actually a beautiful thing. When you start to feel the entire collective hive mind, because these are real things. These hive minds are not some uh, abstract concept. They act in reality. It's, it, it, that's how it feels, right? So it's as real as anything. You can feel the collective outrage, fear, like this is a nuclear power, right? And the direct empathic connection with people that this is the 
thing about empathy. It really only works on people that feel and look like you, right? Unlike compassion, which is broader, pure empathy is like, oh, I could really put myself in their shoes because they really, that's, I could be me, right? Well, people can see women and children in Ukraine and this thug fucking dictator coming in with what provocation exactly? Oh, that they're, maybe they're aligned with the West? Okay, I get the geopolitics of it. So you're gonna use war as your tool in the 21st fucking century? So you feel it, right? You feel it. You feel it as a kind of a, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I feel it during meditation. I feel it when I'm not meditating. But it's the same thing. We're allowing our own psychological delusion to be weaponized and projected onto others. Just like on Twitter, so goes it on a massive scale in Russia. The collective unconscious of history produces this figure, Putin, that sits on top of this poisonous pyramid. When will the pyramid be deconstructed? When we'll be able to actually look at what's going on and go, no, this is not. I mean, look at the resources, the people of Russia. Like, this is one of the great powers by birthright, and it squandered itself in this power structure and the, and the shackles of history. Look at this, Alex A. You have no credibility anymore. You changed your tune about the vaccines because you had to with all the crap coming out about them. And now you're pandering to the left about Russia, Ukraine uh, conflict. Okay, that's worth talking about. So what have I changed about vaccines? Every single fucking person watching this show should go get vaccinated, every single one. If you're watching the show right now and you haven't been vaccinated and you have not been naturally infected, you should go get vaccinated. How has that changed from anything I've ever said? Okay, next. How is it pandering to the left to talk about a thug fucking dictator invading a sovereign European democratically elected government nation? Can you explain that to me? Oh, is it because Trump said that Putin was smart? and a genius for what he did in Ukraine or to parts of Ukraine, right? That he since backed up and said, oh no, actually I feel bad for the Ukrainians. Is, is, is that what it's about? Is it about what Trump said? Because if so, you need to fucking check your own fucking insanity. This shit that happened in Ukraine, you, you think I like pander to the left? Are you crazy? Do you watch my show? By the way, this is, unopposed anger right now. Like this is unrepressed anger. You don't watch my show and you can go fuck yourself, okay? That felt good. Kathy Hansen, it's not worth talking about uh, after filter the negative pulls for attention. Yeah, but sometimes it's fun. I do actually enjoy that. But that is kind of a Twitter, that's the Twitter, the Twitter world, right? It is, it's, it's addictive, it, it, it hijacks right into there. Um, <laughs> um, so the other thing about this is getting back to the boosters, 
for kids and the museum? Because I think this is worth talking about a little bit. And I'm gonna talk about it on the VPZD show with Vinay this week. Um, is it really making people safe to mandate a booster for kids to attend a museum of science? What's the incremental benefit on transmission within the museum in masked children who've had three doses rather than two. And I'm gonna bet you there's very little, if no, compelling data to say that that's useful. So my point is why, would a, why then would you make that a requirement, right? Now, if you say, well, then we wanna test you if you're not boosted, then why wouldn't you test the boosted kids since the booster only reduces transmission by like this much with Omicron? Just if, if, if your policy is to keep people safe, test everybody before they come in. Require an antigen test for every single person. If that's your policy, if you're pushing safety to the extreme, why would you say a boosted child at 12 doesn't need to be tested, but an unboosted child at, at 12 does? So that's where I really take scientific quibble here. So, I mean, if they can show me data that says, no, you're absolutely wrong, and we would save this many lives by excluding this many people from the uh, museum, who, by the way, have already been completely fucked for two years of virtual school, disrupted school. The, 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 the California public school system went from a, I don't know, 70% approval rating to something like 50% after COVID because it's a total shit show. That's what our property taxes are paying, right? And we've, we've harmed children with our response to COVID and COVID has harmed them as well, but we've harmed them with our response to COVID and we continue to penalize them. Like you don't think my daughter felt bad that she didn't you know, get a booster that her dad said wasn't scientifically necessary for her and that we couldn't go to the museum because of that? Like. That's what that policy accomplishes. Does it keep us safer? Does it shame people into getting a booster? Is that their goal, right? These are conversations we ought to be having, right? But you can't, you can't have that nuanced conversation on Twitter without it becoming a shit show. So that's part, that's again, part of my point here is why are we unable to have these conversations? And I, and I invited them on, whoever their leader is at the California Academy. I said, come on the show, let's talk about it. Let's be nice to each other. Because I love what you guys do with the museum. I think the museum is fantastic. I've got an albino alligator or some shit. It's kind of cool. Um, so yeah, ball boys, science museum. We want to educate children. So what are we teaching them exactly? I don't know. Ms. Maniacal, what's up with these trolls who are incapable of having a conversation? Where'd they come from? I thought I blocked them all already. Well, so one thing to remember is actually, this has been looked at. The, probably the majority of comments that seem trolly are actually bots <laughs> or state actors. So looking at the Russians, for example, um, there are entire like troll farms that just go around leaving comments on big platforms. And they do it on Twitter too, 
and and it's often really hard to tell who they are because they've gotten very good at it. So we're all getting played, right? We're all absolutely getting played. Like, look how that one comment, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I just went off on it, right? Like, well, that's how, that's how Twitter is all the time. You're just like, wait, what fuck you, man? I'll show you you're wrong, right? Although that guy just enjoyed destroying him. Um, Jana, any American that does not reject and condemn Putin needs to take the next boat out, not left or right. America's, American Putin's own people hate him. Yeah, I mean, the Russians themselves are like, what the hell? And look, some people have argued in the comments that, and this is a good argument to have, um, that our own policies that made Russia feel unsafe with elements of NATO on its border uh, triggered Putin to do something that geopolitically felt correct to him, right? And that now we're reaping what we sow. And I'm not gonna argue with that because I don't know enough about that, but I'll say that that's certainly a possibility. United United States policy has never been brilliant, right? And look what the Chinese are doing now. They're probably looking at Taiwan and going, well, the Americans don't put their money where their mouth is when push comes to shove, so maybe we can just take Taiwan, right? What if that happened? Um, And I know we have different treaties with Taiwan and so on, but the whole thing is that's worth having a discussion about, right? That is worth having a discussion about. Um, let me see where we're at here. We all take the bait, says Jacqueline Cuesta. I know. I tell you, I'm just not strong enough. You know, if I'm being honest, when I get when I get up in my head, like I take the bait, like everybody. <laughs> I try to, I'm trying to be better and I do it a lot less than I used to. But, um, you know, especially I found like for me, I'm, I'm particularly vulnerable to it when I've been off for a few days and haven't been making content because I settle into a different headspace. And then when I come back, I've forgotten a little bit of what it's like to be in this. Um, and I'm usually much happier and then I come back and I'm just miserable. Like last couple of days, I've just, since I've been back, I'm just like, like I just ought to stop doing this. Like it's not bringing me any happiness. Like I was invited to be on a couple podcasts. I'm like, I don't think so. I don't feel like it. I, like I'm just not in the headspace. Um, think about it this way, says El Casahedron. Uh, would the US be comfortable with Russia supplying Cuba with nukes? Putin was justified initially, but he's gotten out of, way out of hand now. I mean, I think that's a good point, right? Now, I don't think we're, I mean, NATO right up on the border is a problem. Oh shit, I have to go pick up my kid. Oh my God, hold on. Okay, let me just tell her she's texting me. She had a uh, violin rehearsal today and I told her at 1 p.m. I'd pick her up and it's 12.55, so I have to go. No, that's a very good point. It's a discussion worth having. And I think those kind of things are fine. But I think, like you said, Condemning what he's doing now in no uncertain terms is not incompatible with that understanding, right? You can understand some of the nuance around it, but what he's doing now is, it's just straight criminal by any stretch. There's many ways to put pressure on Ukraine. Um, This is not, you know, not, not the way to do it. And there's other nuance there, but yeah, yeah. So I appreciate that comment. Um, Daniel O'Connor says, I need to do more shows with Angelo. You seem so much happier after those. Yeah, I really am. (laughs) Uh, But don't worry. Don't worry. 
We'll be back. I still have like four shows in the hopper with Angela that I haven't released. Uh, to be honest, I, I'm trying to spread them out because I notice that when I release too much of that type of content, people just stop watching. They're, they're like here for you know, COVID and for outrage and this and that. And it's like, oh, I don't wanna do that anymore. But I know that if I don't, um, if I try to put all that content out at once, it's just gonna get missed and that'll be a shame because it's really great stuff. Like the conversations we have were like, wow. And the messages I get about that kind of content are always like, dude, I don't know what happened, but my life just changed. I don't know what it was. And it's just a few people that are sensitive to that, but that's enough for me. Like if that's all I did with the rest of my life, I'd be more than, I'd be so ecstatic, you guys. I'd be so thrilled. Ah, mm. oh, be good. Oh, it felt good to let go of some of that anger too. Thank you. Feel so much better. Um, yeah, feel so much better, so much better. So yeah, so fuck Twitter, I'm off that for good, uh, at least until I change my mind, which hopefully I won't. And if I do, you guys need to ask me why I'm doing that. You guys need to hold me accountable because it may mean I'm just addicted. Seriously, I need help. I'm asking you for help. I need you guys to be my AA sponsor. I'm serious. I don't have real addictions like in terms of substances, but I may be addicted to this shit and it needs to stop. All right, guys, I love you. I love you. If you wanna join our supporter tribe and go deeper on any of this stuff, we just have these spontaneous live conversations uh, just for supporters, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. If you like to support what we do, go to paypal.me forward slash zdogmd and make a one-time donation. And I respond to those by email, but you don't get anything in return except for my email, but I really appreciate it. It keeps us off the kind of sponsorship grid. And um, I love you guys. I gotta go get my kid. So we are out. Peace. Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithm to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I wanna hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is, financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.